Welcome back, everyone, to the Kenny Wallace Show, brought to you by JEGS, the leader in high-performance aftermarket car parts. As I always say, go to JEGS.com. They have it all for your car or truck. Well, today's a big day for me because I've been friends with this man, this legend, for years and years, and I've seen him work for some of the greatest people in motorsports history. Don Hawk. Don, welcome to the show, my friend. Kenny, it's a pleasure to be here. It's more than kind of you. If you notice, we put an SRX Jegs colored car behind us. You, you, you look good. You really do. So uh, I'm excited about SRX, but as we always say, th this is a conversation, Don. I, I want you to be relaxed. And But before we get started, uh, man, I, I just we just can't start talking about SRX until we tell everybody, uh, you know, you worked for the great Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, you worked for the great Bruton Smith. And remind everybody, Bruton Smith, he owned SMI, which, you know, owned Bristol Motor Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, so on and so forth. So you've done a lot in the motorsports industry. It's been, I got to tell you, Ken, I've been so blessed. Like, who would think you could, literally, I, at one point in my career, I worked for the Earnhardt family. One point in my career, I worked for the France family. Ooh. And then I worked for the Smith family. Like, because oh. after Dale died, I went to work for NASCAR. So, I didn't like, know that. Yeah, so it's like, is that, am I not the odd couple or what, right? How many people actually work for the France family and the Smith family, let alone the Earnhardt, the France, and the Smith family? I've been blessed, Kenny. It's just unbelievable. What is it, um... First of all, when you work for those people, I, I look at it as they want you. You must bring something to the game. And, and I know we don't like to tell people what, what we do. You know, sometimes it can sound like we're bragging, but that's okay if it's fact. What do you think you brought to them? Why did, why did all those great organizations, why did they want you? Well, hope, hopefully it was... I'm passionate about car racing. Um, hopefully, I have some business acumen, right? I, I'm not opposed to making money. So, like, <laughs> there's a deal to be had. I, I, I like doing it, right? Yeah. But it's easy to sell if you believe in it, right? And for me, when I went to Dale and Teresa Earnhardt, I flew around with them for a month before they mm. hired me. And believe it or not, we're, we're flying in this King Air, you know, we're going all over the place. And Teresa looks at me and she goes, what are you going to do different for us than anybody else has done for us in the past? I said, we're going to begin to market Dale Earnhardt as an athlete, not just a race car driver. And I think that was a differentiator. I really, Kenny, I think that was the difference because in the 90s, NASCAR broke out of a mold. And the mold was it literally, it was a good mold, by the way. But we generated about $100 million in revenue as a sport. Holy Back mold. then, NASCAR, $100 million. But... When Earnhardt, Gordon, Rusty, Dale Jarrett, they all got mustered up together and started doing businesses together off the track and raced really hard on the track, that $100 million, Kenny, went to $1 billion. $1 billion in licensed merchandise sales. And I'm telling you, you know who was running the, the department back then? George Pine, who owns part of SRX. Mm, you're, no, so, you're, no, you're no dummy. You, you, you get the people that have been successful at SRX. Kenny, you surround yourself, and 
you know this. You surround yourself with the best people you can find, and it makes you better, right? You know, one more thing before we and, – and this is what happens with the Kenny conversation. It, it tends to be a conversation. So before we move on to SRX, Chase Authentics. I remember uh, Chase Authentics you were part of. And uh, when I was – you know, I was 29 years old maybe living in Charlotte. And all of a sudden, yeah. Chase Authentics, it was it was bigger than big, and it was all the souvenir industry, and I know that you were part of that. Tell, tell me about that moment, uh, you know, the die-cast days and the T-shirts and the big yeah. souvenir trailers. You know, it makes it – I get a smile on my face, right, when you talk about that. <laughs> I'm <'cause>, smiling. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, this is a true story now. A lot of people wouldn't believe it, but we still have the napkin. In condominium 407 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Ken Barbie's condominium, Joe Mattis, who's still active at JRM, myself, and a guy that was a lawyer for Nutmeg Mills, who was just getting into the sport in the 90s. Um, they, they're huge apparel, VF Knitwear they own, big, big, big apparel company. We pencil out this idea to form Chase Authentics LLC, we tell them that we can get Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, Bobby Labonte, Terry Labonte, and John Force, the lawyer who's drinking a little beverage with, it was kind of dark with a floating ice cube. There's very little of it in his glass. He looks at us and he goes, you guys are nuts. If you think for one second you can get just the two names of them to agree, Gordon and Earnhardt, to do a business deal, you're crazy. So we offered to sell it to him that night. And I'm telling you, it was for a couple hundred grand and change. The idea on a napkin, he refused. Everybody had a toast. We laughed and we went on. And Kenny, I'm not kidding you. The rest is history because you can go look it up as it was a public company. We ended up selling Chase Authentics to Fred Wagonalls for like $35 million plus, And it was the official brand of NASCAR. And it started in a condominium at Charlotte Motor Speedway overlooking the racetrack. Um, and I believe Joe Mattis still has that napkin today. Man, that's a, that's a great story. So, Don, I want to go to right now. Uh, the Kenny conversation can go on and on. We can talk about your career for six hours. But now you're doing such great things with the SRX series. And one thing that I noticed is this big announcement in the wintertime with ESPN. Tell me about how you got ESPN involved in this bringing back Thursday night. Uh, Kenny, it's a great question. Um, so third race of last year, Tony Stewart comes to my motor coach and says, hey, we're, we're out of the gate pretty strong. We're doing pretty well. Everybody's happy. CBS is happy. We got some little tweaks we got to make. Um, but you want to make this thing even better? I'm like, yeah, what do you got? I mean, I'm sent, I, I got my notepad on the table in the motor coach. I'm ready. He said, figure out how you can get CBS to run us instead of Saturday nights on a weeknight. Mm. And I said, what are you thinking? And he said, we're running short track races on the weekend. And the people already want to go to the short track on the weekend. Why don't we run a weeknight race and give them something that's different. And literally we both at the same time just kind of came out with, are you thinking Thursday night thunder? And he said, yeah, but we're on CBS. And I said, let me work on that. See, we had a two year contract with CBS. 
and an option year for a third, we approached CBS with, can we switch to weeknights? And they tried. They tried to see if they could make it work. But they have some very powerful shows on Wednesday and Thursday nights. So they gave us the latitude after a certain amount of negotiating to say, look, we can't give you nights. We can't give you Thursday night for sure. Go ahead and kick the tires with another network. So I fly to New York to meet George and Sandy for a big lunch, and there's all these TV people there, and I'm out of my league, Kenny. I'm a, you're a TV guy. I'm not, right? I just, But I, I like talking to them because I like doing deals with them because I think we have something they really want. And Burke Magnus walks up the steps, looks over at me, and we're like, we, we instantly just had that moment where it was like, wow. And it was like, what are you doing here? And so we were standing there waiting to go in for the lunch. And I said, I get this idea. I, I just, I just want to run by you. And I actually have permission from CBS to run it by you. Mm. He's like, go ahead. What is it? I said, how would you like to bring back Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN? He goes, tell me more. I said, look, it's the place I met Jeff Gordon. It's the place I met Tony Stewart. It's the place I met Ryan Newman. I could, I could just go on and on, Kenny. But Burke Magnus was with ESPN when they had it. And I don't know if you know it or not, Kenny, but the guy who won the last race when they signed off the air in 2002 was Tony Stewart. The guy wow. that's going to be in the first one when we go back. I got goosebumps, man. Yeah, the yeah. The guy who's going to be in the first race when we go back to Thursday <laughs> is Tony Stewart. Who do you think wants to win Stafford the most? You know it. T. Stu does. That, I mean, that's a, like, but that's see, a great story. Kenny, it's a, get what you said, though. It's collectively all of us are smarter than any single one of us. I didn't just think of it. Sandy, George didn't. Tony didn't. Tony's, you know what Tony did, though? In fishing, they call it set the hook. Yeah. Tony set the hook, and the rest of us had to go sell it. Yeah, and you went By up to way. New York. You went yeah. up to the big city. Was it in New York? Oh, yeah, the Big Apple. It was oh, great. Man. Oh, That's I intimidating could. as itself. Now, you know, I love, I mean, come on. When we used to go to the Waldorf for the NASCAR banquet, I, yeah. I'd go over to the NASCAR New York office because I wanted to sell. So I'd go in there and meet Brett Yormark and those guys, you know, for they, they work for George Pine. Again, this world is small and it's cyclical. Kenny, the things that we did 30 years ago, they're starting to come back again today. I worked for George Pine at NASCAR over 25 years ago. Now I work for him at SRX. How crazy is that? So that's, you led me right to my next question. Uh, we just watched what happened up at North Wilkesboro. Mm -hmm. We've watched what's been going on at Darlington for the last three, four years. It seems like vintage is cool again. Uh, I know when I took history class, they said history repeats itself. In your, in your mind, what do you think about the success of everybody, everybody coming back and wanting to repeat Thursday Night Thunder, wanting to go back to Wilkesboro. They're talking about Nashville. What's this all about in your mind? Kenny, I think it's good because we – I got to tell you something. I think we lost our way a little bit. Right? Yes, so we, I agree. You know, we – the poet says there's two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the road less traveled by. Mm. I think sometimes we took the road that we shouldn't have traveled by, right? And so – I'm telling you, sometimes we chased the money and we didn't stay with the fan. Like, people would get mad at me for saying that, but follow me. You can't just chase the money and lose the fan. Doesn't matter how rich you are. If nobody's sitting in the grandstands, it's no good, right? So you got a guy like Marcus Smith, who's the king of retro. Like, Marcus Smith wants to save the rich history of the sport because he's the son of Bruton Smith, 
who like literally built Charlotte Motor Speedway, right? Yeah. And so Marcus has that in his blood. He's got a little bit of dad that like, we can do this. What do you mean it's decrepit? What do you mean it's old? What do you mean it's closed? Let's reopen it. Why do you think he's looking at Nashville Fairgrounds? Kenny, you're so onto it. I think that they're, they're wise enough to see, let's not forget our roots. And that's what makes SRX successful. Mm. We race short tracks in America, and we race asphalt pavement tracks, and we go to dirt tracks. You can't leave anybody out in this deal. We can't. We have to, we have to involve everybody. I really feel like you were onto it years ago because, uh, you know, for me, it's like, what's the difference between the – the IROC series in SRX. I said, oh, that's easy. SRX is going to your racetrack. Yeah. Going to Stadford, August 17th. I'm racing up there in Wheatland, Missouri at Lucas Oil Speedway. Oh, by the way, that's a dirt track. So it's kind of like you all started it where you went to their local racetrack. And, yeah. it, you know, you're just selling these places out. It, it, it It's a new dynamic, but not. Kenny, here's what it is. SRX Racing appeals to my street, your street, Wall Street, Ooh. and Main Street. Oh, I like Think about it. SRX Racing appeals to my street, your street, Main Street, and Wall Street. Yeah. You know, you can go from, hey, we, we went to the Big Apple to do this deal, right? We were, in, we were near Wall Street, but guess what? I got to go to Stafford, Connecticut, where there's going to be a packed crowd and make the Root family happy. With a with a great race on SRX, we're gonna go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what's exciting about this. So one thing that I really like is that when you did put the deal together for Thursday night, you know, Thursday night Thunder on ESPN. Now you can get all the drivers because you know they're they're not racing. So Bingo. I see. I see you have world class drivers. You know, Marco Andretti and. Kyle Bush and you know you name it they're all they're all running with you now because they want to and it's exciting how hard is it to call those drivers get a hold of them and just give me a look inside your phone calls you call these drivers up and how's it go yeah it's pretty cool um <laughs> Kenny like last year when I first got here right they did no drivers they no track sign no drivers right so I got to do that, but I'm really blessed to have a Rolodex and people actually will return my call or return my text, right? That. You so, got a Rolodex. Yeah. So I reached out and like, Hey, are you interested in doing SR? First question I have is, are you doing it again? You know, what, what racetracks you gone to and all that. So I signed to six racetracks, boatload of drivers went on, but here's the exciting thing about my second year this year, Kenny, it went from, eight or 10 tracks that were interested in having SRX races to 43 tracks. And while Tony Stewart and I were on the phone, narrowing it down to six or seven in case one of the six needed a fallback position. While I was on with Tony, a 44th racetrack called while we were on a, on a conference call together. Wow. And I was like, wow, that that's really big, but here's what's exciting. I started texting and calling drivers between December 25th, and New Year's in that window of time to see who could I get to drive, right? Mm. And I am telling you, Denny Hamlin, definitely interested. Kyle Busch, definitely interested. Tell me more. Kevin Harvick, definitely interested. Tell me more. Clint Boyer, definitely interested. Tell me more. Um, 
Joseph Newgarden, definitely interested. Tell me more. Kenny, it was like, are you kidding me? I felt like I hit Powerball. Yeah. Because the only reason they're all available from Joseph Newgarden to Ron Caps to Kyle Bush is because we're on Thursday night. We're not interfering with anybody's race weekend. The neat thing about it is when I talked to Roger Penske and Walt Zarnicki, talked to Jim France and Steve Phelps, it was, guys, we're off your weekend. We're not interference. We're just going to go to a short track and have fun. And Roger Penske's guys looked at me and said, look, a high tide lifts all ships. Every time you mention a past IndyCar driver, a current IndyCar driver, we get a, we get a free announcement. And he wow. said, thank you so much. And Roger gave us Ernie Francis Jr. okayed him. Joseph Newgarden okayed him. Last year, Blaney okayed him. Like, he believes that this is a good thing. A high tide does indeed lift all ships. And we're not interfering with anybody running on Thursday night. So when I look at the driver lineup, yes, we've got, you've got all the superstars, but this Paul Tracy really stands out as the villain. Uh, the fans love it. I mean, they eat it up. They boo him. He loves it. He's playing the character. But, you know, I follow Paul Tracy on Instagram. You know, it's like Rusty Wallace says. Yeah. It's sad to say you have to remind people because they remember what they want to. Paul Tracy, he, he's another guy that, that I use this phrase now, has done it all. He's he's really good. And, and tell me about Paul Tracy, the dynamic of him running every race. So it, Paul's he's, he's not afraid to use up his car. Oh, boy. And he's not afraid to use up the bumper in front of him, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, and him and I had to sit down two or three times last year. And that's the neat part about my job is uh, I, I not only get to do this, I'm doing something I love, but, you know, I have school in session with Paul Tracy a little bit. And if you look, Paul Tracy was driving a number three. I knew Whoa. a guy that drove a number three. Never I knew a guy that was kind of rough in a number three. And believe it or not, we talk about that. But you can sell roughness. You can sell persona if it performs. And that's mm -hmm. the thing I kept telling Paul Tracy. Good you got to finish the deal. You got to finish the race. You can't just wad somebody up and then you have a broken car and you're lame the rest of the night. The art of this thing is move them out of the way and you keep moving, right? So Paul and I get along really great. Here's an interesting story. He's so psyched for this Thursday Night Thunder. The man has worked out in the mornings. He's lost 40 pounds for this year. He, he looks says, good. I'm not going to be falling out of the seat. You know what else you forgot on that list of drivers, by the way? I, I forgot to tell you, Kenny, who's coming this year. We got Kenny Wallace coming to Lucas Oil Speedway. He's gone to Missouri, and we invited his whole family. Because, yeah, like, like, look, when I went through my Rolodex, how do I miss you, Kenny? How do I miss you? I can't. Well, I'm incredibly honored. And like I told you, we're like the Beverly Hillbillies here in Missouri. We're, we're excited. Uh, my wife, my whole family, and my The well, Clampets uh, are coming? Ex everybody's coming. Even my extent, you know. You know what's crazy about this SRX series is uh, I have family, extended family, and they texted me. They didn't ask for tickets because they said, we got our tickets. We bought them online. I'm like, and I'm telling my wife, I said, I never realized how much our family really did love racing. But yeah, this whole SRX deal really, really lit a fire underneath my family. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, but I do want to go back to something you said that I really like. 
the great Dale Earnhardt Sr., you said if you move somebody, basically if you hit them and you move them and you and you move, you keep moving forward. Yeah. That that's the way to do it. And you know, your your man, I mean, you work for Dale Earnhardt Sr. Now that I think about it, when he hit somebody, he finished it off with a win nine times out of ten. Yeah. And see, you know, you and I talked offline, but we'll talk off online for a second. Ross Chastain, he's got the persona. He now needs to finish it off with the performance. I agree. He's got, he's got a couple of wins. He doesn't have a championship yet. Stack up the wins, and the bumper gets a little more amicable, right? Mm. Because they know that when you use it, you're on your way to the front. But it doesn't do any good if you use it and you're out too, right? You don't want to do that, right? It doesn't matter if you're racing at Peevely or Daytona. If you mm-hmm. take somebody out and you don't finish, shame on you. The Boy, art. Well and, put. And let me tell you something. You have a brother. His name is Rusty. Yep. And Rusty and Dale, you know, they, they, they put the horn to each other a lot of times. But if you notice, usually the one who did it kept going. They didn't take each other out, like, yeah. right? It wasn't a two for two. And that's not critical of Ross. I mean that if I had a one-on-one with Ross, I would say, finish the deal. Yeah. If you tap them, just move them enough to keep going. Just, just move them over and keep going. So I like when they do that in SRX, by the way, because it puts the fans on there. They're just jumping out of the grandstands, right? And we're already sold out. But on TV, you can see the ratings spike when the excitement happens. Yeah, that is awesome. So I do this when we get towards the end of every Kenny conversation. And you are embedded in the sport of NASCAR, uh, you know everything and everybody. So this is the point where I want to know your opinion about NASCAR. And I'll, I want to start like this. Um, what is your opinion? And I have about three. We're going to break it down three times, so don't unload it all at once. What is your opinion on NASCAR right now? I think right now they're at a... There's this narrative out there, right, that is starting to confuse the public a little bit because we're talking about charters. We're talking about a new car. We're talking about a new television package. We're talking about going to new venues. And somebody better sort out really quick those four topics so that we don't lose the race fan, like I said before, and take the wrong road. we got to make sure that we, we do the deal that's right in the, as it relates to the charters Get the television deal done as soon as possible. And you got to make sure that you're taking care of the fans along the way. And oh, by the way, when you go into these new venues, you better make sure it's going to be stacked with people. You got to go where the people are, right? Yeah. You don't just look for, in my opinion, the new hot market for soccer, because it may not be the hot market for a car race, right? So again, you know, you got really good leadership down there with a ton of experience, but you just got so many loose ball. It's like in basketball, they say like there's a loose ball, you know, it's a jump ball. There's a lot of jump balls right now. We got to put some through the net. That would be my, and, I, and, and by the way, I don't mean that critically. Oh, no. I mean that, that humbly because I've been there with them and um, I don't envy the position, but less narrative about question marks, more narrative about exclamation points would be a home run. Oh uh, boy. I, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I, I, I feel the same way that 
you know, NASCAR was its best. And, and since vintage and we're going back and everything seems to be better when we repeat the good days, the good days, the rule changes, the fans never even knew about rule changes because it was all about the race and the superstars. And we just, we don't know what the rules are from week to week. And I do, I, I do agree with that. So let's, let's switch to the other one. What is your opinion on the new next gen car? It's just, is it's changed the sport in a massive way. What is your opinion on the car? So I was really blessed, Kenny, at the outset of the, the new car, Marcus Smith had some concerns like, what is it we're switching to and how's it going to impact my races? How's it going to impact our fans? And so he spoke with Steve O'Donnell and Jim France because I was at that point the chief um, competition officer at Speedway Motorsports for Bruton and Marcus, right? So they got permission for me to attend the next-gen test. I was at 11 of the first 13 tests. So I watched this car go from hard to steer, too hot to drive, like all the – like backing it in, going, oh, that was a lot harder hit than I thought it was going to be. And they didn't throw me out of the room. Like, they let me in the garage, and I watched it, and I observed it. And I, I really think the idea and the notion is really, really good. We just have to have the – some changes need to be made, right? And I'm, I'm not behind the curtain. Like, I used to be behind the curtain. I used to have an office in the R&D center. I don't have an office there anymore, so I don't know what's going on there. But – I think that they are now making some significant changes. One of them just announced for Charlotte this week in the greenhouse area of the race car for safety. That's a really good thing. I think that the idea was to level the playing field, but in an effort to level the playing field, maybe one or two kinds of racetracks don't really like this car. You know, if they were, if they were dating each other, they're, they're not getting along right now. I agree. Yeah. So it, it's no no secret that it, it does not perform well on short tracks. Uh, we go to Martinsville; it's follow the leader. Wilkesboro is follow the leader. So we assume they're gonna they're gonna get that fixed. So the the last NASCAR question is the officiating of penalties and uh, inspection. Uh, I pose this question to all our all our friends on the NASCAR side and you're on the NASCAR side. So what is your opinion on penalties? These crazy $400,000 penalties for Rick Hendrick, Hendrick Motorsports, and, and the way the car is, is inspected. For me, remember, I, I was part of that process, right, for a while. So you have to, you have to inspect the car to get it right. But I think when the fan leaves the racetrack, they absolutely positively need to know who won. I and that could, shouldn't bingo. be changed. Hell that yes. should not be changed the week after. No like way. It's just, it, it just, so either the inspection at the racetrack needs to be the end-all be-all. I'm not saying you can't take two or three cars to the R&D center. Oh, look what we found. And then, by the way, give them that warning that you used to get years ago. Don't bring this car back. We've all gotten that one, Kenny. Defend against it. Yeah. You know, here's, here's my thing on NASCAR. Kenny, it's been so good to me. I'm telling you, the Earnhardt family was so good to me. The France family was so good to me. Bruton Smith was so good to me. I owe it to the sport, Kenny. I want to leave the sport better than it found me. 
And if I can do it by SRX, or I can do it with Ashley and Megan and Michael, the people here, the guys in the shop, Ridley and Bronson and Rusty, like, I just want to make a difference. Like, yeah. it's been so good to me, Kenny. It's been, I, I've been one of the most blessed of men. Like, I don't take this lightly. And when you're younger and you're running around full throttle, you do, do take it too. Sometimes we even get arrogant. And I, and I was. Sometimes we get rude. But my heart's filled with gratitude right now because how many people get to do what they love and they actually get paid to do it? Like now, you know what I want to do, Kenny? I want to do what you're doing. And you and I have talked about it in private. I want to give back. Yeah. So that's why you have the Kenny conversation, right? Yeah. You want to make it better. So if you ask a question about NASCAR or SRX or IndyCar, you're not being critical. You're wanting to grow the pie, right? You want to make this thing better. Yeah. And I, I love our ownership group. I love our drivers. I just want to make everything better. That's all. Yeah. I wake up in the morning wanting to do that. You're a good man, Don Hawk. You know, lo love is cruel. And it, it, we just don't love people. We, we love love things. You know, I love baseball, I, I, you know, but we love NASCAR and we love racing. We love the sport. So I really appreciate you opening up your heart. You, you've seen a lot. Um, you're the man. And, and let me tell you, when I say you're the man, I mean, you've got it going on. This SRX series is, uh, is something you've definitely put your stamp on. You've already made big changes in a good way, bringing back Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN. Don, when is, when is the first date? Let's remind everybody, when's the first race? We head to Stafford on June 13th. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. Sorry, June. Sorry. I'm thinking of last year. We, July 13th, we head to Stafford. Then from there, we go to Thunder Road in Vermont. From there, we go to back to Motor Mile in Virginia. From Motor Mile, we go to Berlin, Michigan. Berlin, Michigan, Eldora. We finish up at Lucas Oil Speedway, where you can see Kenny Wallace. You can see Kenny Wallace live on August the 20th. Well, you're a good, good man, Don. We appreciate your time so much. And remember, everybody, we are in podcast form now. We're on Spotify, iTunes. You can listen to this interview on your way to work. And uh, Kenny Wallace, the Kenny Conversation. As I always say, the Kenny Wallace shows over there. Kenny Conversations over here. And it's, it's one of my favorites. So check us out. And until then, the Kenny Conversation just keeps on rolling. Thank you all. Thank you.